Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today on the Saturday morning where we like to talk about something contemporary in the news. Boy, there is interesting stuff in the news today. I was tempted. There's two big things going on right now that, one, I kind of wanted to talk about what's happening in Texas and this warning from some uh, former federal investigation, FBI people of terrorists who've come into our country and the possibility, the threat of a similar experience, a a terrorist attack like October 7th in Israel happening in the United States, the threat being very real. But that's not where I'm going today, because there's another thing that directly relates to us in the church, and that is has to do with the area of a same-sex wedding. And Alistair Begg, maybe some of you know who he is, very popular, very good, very faithful man who's very strong in the Scripture, has been a pastor for 50 years, deserves respect, but uh, and, and, and has a wide following, 1,800 radio stations he's on, I believe. Good preacher. I've not heard him a lot, but I, I've heard him some. I've always approved of what he, he says, and, and I've got friends who just love him immensely. And it's created quite a stir here recently, because in answering some questions, he was asked should uh, by a grandmother, should she attend the wedding of a grandson who is going to be marrying a transgender person? And his answer was, he said, basically, well, do they know that you're a Christian? And she said, well, yeah, they know I'm a Christian. Do they know that you don't approve of this relationship or of, of a, gay, a same-sex marriage and a transgender? Do they know that? And she said, yes, they know that I don't approve of it. His advice was, well, then go to the wedding. And he said, I take a gift. Otherwise, he says, you're just going to reinforce the stereotype that you're hateful, bigoted, closed-minded, and judgmental. Well, this created quite a stir. As a matter of fact, American Family Radio dropped him. Their staff called his staff. They had quite a talk, evidently, and they were unable to persuade him that they just don't see eye to eye. They don't think that was the right decision. So they dropped him from their radio network. And it raises the question, what should we do? Our Thursday night, we have a Thursday night group here in Columbus where we talk a lot about contemporary issues. And um, and this was a, a, a good discussion amongst us because what it comes down to here, Alistair Begg is not giving in on what is appropriate marriage. He stands strong and firm that homosexuality is wrong, that marriage is between a man and a woman. He understands this. He's he's biblically faithful on this. But in his opinion, he thought that for the sake of winning them and showing support and keeping the door open for the sake of the gospel, that this woman should attend the wedding. And so this raises a really tough question that we're faced in our culture today. I'd like to speak into it myself uh, because I face this. I've been facing this type thing on campus for years I have been, and we face it in areas beyond just um, wedding and the same-sex wedding, but all kinds of things in our world today where as Christians we have been given this, there's a stereotype of us as being judgmental, and judgment, being judgmental in our day translates into being hateful. And the last thing we as Christians want to be accused of is being hateful. I mean, ours is, a, ours is the religion that stresses love God and love your neighbors yourself. 
This is the radical teaching of Christianity. Not all religions teach this. And so, indeed, one of the worst things you can say about a Christian is that you're a hateful person. That, that goes deep, and I believe people understand this, that, that to be accused of being hateful is like the last thing we as Christians would want to be accused of. And so the question that really Alistair Begg was dealing with and that sometimes we have to deal with really comes down to this, and we'll, we'll talk about it specifically in relation to this wedding, but it's this. Um, it's a tension— between showing love and standing for what's right versus not approving what's wrong. Okay? The tension between do I show love or do I stand for what's right? And what if my showing love is perceived as approving of something that is wrong? Do I do it then? Now, of course, when I read this article in the Christian Post, and it's a very good one, you might just want to Google it, Alistair Begg and, um, and same-sex wedding controversy and, and reading the Christian Post, it's big. The concern that had as much what he said were the comments and the interaction, the discussion that went on beneath. And my belief that a, a lot of us as Christians, uh, there is an invasion of false ideas that has come into the church that can lead, they can sound good, be false, but lead to false conclusions. For instance, one of the big arguments was that Jesus, he ate with tax collectors and sinners. He, 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 he hung out with, I hear all the time in camps, Jesus hung out with prostitutes. And so should what not we? I mean, if we think that a gay marriage is wrong, and remember, let's maybe I'll just quickly remind us, is same-sex marriage right in the eyes of God? Because a lot of the chat and the discussion in this article underneath the, the, the following discussion really was calling into question, is it wrong? And I'm just going to refer to what it's mar- how marriage is defined in Scripture. In Matthew 19, verse 5, Jesus was asked about divorce, and, and is it okay to divorce? And he said, have you not read? And then he quotes from Genesis chapter 2. Have you not read, brothers and sisters, how do we get our, our standard of moral right and wrong? How do we know it's right and wrong? We go to the scriptures. That's what Jesus said. Have you not read? What are they talking about? They're not talking about reading a blog post. He's not talking about reading a, a magazine article. He's talking about reading the scriptures. And he quotes the scriptures, the word of God, the authority of the Bible. Have you not read, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? Verse 6, he says, what therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. God joins people together in a marriage. That's defined as a man leaving his father and mother being joined to his wife, and the two become one flesh. That's how Jesus defined marriage. Interestingly, in Matthew chapter 19, he even prefaced it by saying, have you not read, I left a verse out here. It's kind of late today, but have you not read that he, in the beginning, he who created them made them male and female and said, for this cause, for this reason, shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This was reaffirmed by by the apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5. This is what a marriage is, a man and a woman being joined together. And so 
Alistair Begg would agree with this. He would agree that this is what a marriage is and, and that this is what God says it is. But the question is, again, do you show love? Do you show support? Do you show your, your, your uh, love for a person who is either getting married or maybe, maybe someone in, that you know in your, their family and you want to show support? And the last thing you want to do is be accused of being judgmental or unloving. You know, we were talking this week about Jesus saying just yesterday, Jesus saying, blessed are you men when men ostracize you and hate you and, and cast your, insult you and consider your name evil for the sake of the Son of Man, for your reward in heaven is great. Well, why would people do that? Why would anyone hate you for being a Christian? Well, it's probably because you stood for something right and true and good, even though they didn't like it. Jesus said in John, in the book of John, he said, the world can't hate you, but it hates me because I reprove it of its evil deeds. The world can't hate you, he was saying to these unbelievers. It can't hate you because you don't ever stand against, you don't, you're not the light. I'm the light. I stand for what's good, right, and true. You don't. And so the world loves you, but it hates me. Why did they hate Jesus? Well, they, they hated him because he was righteous. He was good. Was Jesus not loving? Well, of course he was loving. But he understood that love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but love stands for what's good, right, and true. And so again, we come back to this question. How do we show love? Alistair Begg was basically telling this woman, don't, don't close the door with your grandson. Don't shut, shut him out. Don't be so judgmental. If you don't go to the wedding, they'll, he'll probably never talk to you again, and you've shut him off from ever hearing about Christ. Is that sound reasoning? You know, it's been said, someone even said here yesterday, I think, on our chat here in the morning, they said, they like, I think it was Charles Stanley, do what's right and leave the results to God. I think there's a great wisdom in that. Sometimes we can out, try and outthink God. We can try and say, if, if, I, if I do this, if I obey God, look at what's going to happen here. Listen, brothers and sisters, you and I will be tested in life. Will we obey God and leave the results to him? It's a matter of faith. It's a matter of trust. Can I believe that God will use my standard, my righteousness, even if it's a turnoff to someone else? I would have thought, for instance, in this question, Alistair Begg could have said, and again, I don't want to, I mean, this is a man of God. I, I want to be very careful about challenging him. But the wisdom of this advice in this case, there can be other things you could say. There could be other things you could do. You can figure out ways of showing love to a person without having to attend the wedding. You could, how about, how about meeting the person, having over, talking to them personally and saying, listen, I love you. I'm so concerned. I will offend you. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to turn off our relationship. I want to continue our relationship. I care about you. I want to support you as a human being, but I cannot support this decision. And it breaks my heart to think that it, that this could cause us to no longer have a relationship. That's a loving thing to do. It's a tough conversation. But that does both. It shows I care about you. I love you. I can't, but I cannot affirm what you're doing here. We've talked before about the problem with this 
uh, LGBT issue is we're told that this is the way people are. It's not, we're told it's not something they do, it's something they are. And so therefore, as Christians, we're called to love the sinner, though we hate the sin. And so when we love the sinner, but we hate the sin, we make a distinction between who you are and what you're doing. I love you, but I don't love what you're doing. And we can understand that with almost any sin going on out there. But when they have been told that this is who they are, this is their identity, if you tell them, if you tell a, a LGBT person, I love you, because they understand this is their identity, they, under, they translate them, mean, oh, you're okay with what I do. If you say, oh, I'm not okay with what you do, what you do is wrong, it's a sin, they translate this and say, oh, you reject me, you judge me, you hate me. You see what happens here? And so what must we do? We must break through this idea, I love you, but I don't approve what you're doing. And we must love them strongly and speak strongly in order to break this deception that this is who they are and that they cannot change. It's not something to be repentant of. It's something to express and, and be themselves. You say, no, this is something sinful. It's to be repented of. And so there are other solutions. But it leads to a far bigger question in my day, and that is, what is a wedding? What is a wedding? You know, it used to be that people didn't live together before they had a wedding. People didn't sleep together before they had a wedding. Uh, and in the wedding, the community would come together, and they'd come to the ceremony. And one of the first things said in the wedding is this. If there's any reason, the, the pastor will stand up and say, if, there's, if, if anyone can show just cause why these should not be joined in holy matrimony, let him speak now or forever hold their peace. Of course, we don't say that anymore. But should that have been said, and it, sh it should be said, and if it had been said, and you were attending that, or that grandma was attending that wedding, would she stand up and say, yes. I, am a, I, I must speak because this union, this relationship is a sin in the eyes of God. It's wrong. Well, that's something that if you're going to attend, you should say. Would you rejoice when he says you may kiss one another? Would he rejoice when I say I now pronounce you man and man or I now pronounce you wife and wife? Would you go through the receiving line, shake the hand and say, congratulations, how are you going to show your love and support? Where do you draw the line? These are tough questions that we're facing. And if you go, if you attend a wedding like this, what are you going to do? You're going to shake both hands. You're going to say, oh, it's such a lovely ceremony. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Congratulate. Is, are these the things you'll say? When you see them dancing at the reception, are you going to applaud? Are you going to smile? Tears come to your eye and say, how beautiful. Where do you draw the line? Listen, a wedding is when a community of people comes together and says, this relationship is good, we're blessing it, we're supporting it, we're behind it, and we're going to help you succeed. Weddings, marriage, and weddings have really lost meaning in Western culture. It seems like in our day, the last 20 years or so, if you're heterosexual, you don't need to get married. 
Just live together. That's all right. Marriage is too expensive. It costs thousands of dollars to get married. Just live together. That's all you got to do. But if you're gay, we want you to get married just to show that your relationship is every bit as legitimate as a heterosexual one. And indeed, when we attend a gay uh, same-sex wedding, we're making a statement, whether you like it or not, you're making the statement that this relationship is every bit as legitimate, and, a, and we approve of it just as we would a heterosexual marriage. Marriage matters. Because it has lost its meaning and significance, our families are falling apart, and because our families are falling apart, our culture is falling apart. My friends, I want to say I disagree with Alistair Begg's advice here. My advice to you is you cannot, you cannot ever attend a gay wedding because in doing so, you're giving approval of what God calls sinful and abominable. You can't do that. We must figure out ways to show love, kindness, and acceptance of the person. I love you, but I cannot approve of what you're doing. There are ways you can do that without attending the ceremony. You're going to have to be wise. You're going to have to go over you, you have, go out, go out of your way. And you know what? Maybe it will create a rift in the relationship. But one final thing I want to say about this. I have seen so many times where someone took a stand for what's right and it created a rift in their family, a rift with a loved one, maybe a rift with their parents, a young person. In my case, I made some decisions for God that my mother, my, my, my father shortly before he died and my mother who lived 91 disagreed with and stood against, and it created some real tension and some real disagree. I mean, some strong disagreement and some strong hurt and pain in their life that I did not follow a certain course they wanted me to. And yet I obeyed God. And in so doing, God brought people into my mother's life to bring, help soften her heart, help bring her to Christ. And she did come to Christ. She did come to Christ. I could have, if I would have compromised years ago, and done what my mother wanted so as to not create a rift in leading her to Christ, I wouldn't be doing this live stream right now. I'd probably have a whole different occupation in life. Folks, we've got to put God first and leave the results with him. Obey God and trust God to take it from there. And if he, if, if there's a conflict in your relationship, God will bring other, you pray for that person. God will bring others into their life. God will accomplish his purposes, but we never show love by affirming what is sinful. We never show love by affirming what is sinful. And dare I say, one of the badges of honor, the shame in the world, but honor that we may, you may have to bear someday is being accused of being judgmental. Why? because you stood for what God says is good, right, and true. Let me say quickly, when you affirm sin, something God says is sinful, and you, out of not wanting to be judgmental, affirm that, you're judging God. Do you realize that? If you affirm, what, if God says a same-sex marriage is sinful— and you say, I, can, I don't want to judge you, and so I will show support of what you're doing, 
then you're judging the scriptures. You're judging God. You're taking a public stand. You wouldn't say it, but your public stand is saying that you approve of what they're doing. You don't approve of what God says in the Bible. My friends, I'll tell you, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a judgmental critical person, but I'd sure rather stand with God and not judge him and figure out a way to show love for another person while standing faithful to what God says. Now, I realize this is tough. I had breakfast with someone recently who had attended a, a, a gay wedding because his business partner had, uh, his gay son was getting, got married and he wanted to support his business partner. I understand that. You don't want to have a rift there. I, I, I mean, I, I get it. I love people too. I, I, I hate alienating anyone. I really do. And I'm not suggesting that we, we don't. I, I am saying this, you shouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. We may be faced with this someday in our own family. I hope not, but we may. And I pray that in that case, we'll figure out ways to show love and support to a person, even though we say, I cannot support this action that's being taken here, because it matters. In our culture today, our country is breaking down. And we've been saying for two generations now, it's breaking down because the family's breaking down. The family is being redefined. What is a marriage is being redefined. And when this happens, marriages are breaking down. Divorce is rampant. Um, uh, uh, children being raised without pa- two parents in the home is rampant. Things are, and, and it's affecting our culture. It's affecting generations. It's a deep, deep, deep problem somewhere along the lines. Listen. You got to ask, where do you draw the line? And to me, this is a place to do it. Let's pray about it, okay? Father in heaven, oh, this is a tough question, Lord, because we the last thing we as Christians want is to be considered judgmental and hateful and bigoted. And Lord, we know that sometimes if we take a stand for what's right and true, that we'll have to bear that label. I pray, Father, give us great wisdom to be, as Jesus, as you said, shrewd as serpent, wise as doves. Innocent as shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Teach us, Lord, how to stand for what's good, right, and true, and still figure out ways to really show a person we love them and we care about them, even if we don't approve of and cannot condone their sinful activity. Help us, Lord, in our culture today to truly know how to figure out how to love sinners, even though we hate the sin they're involved in. Teach us how to send the right messages. Teach us how to be ourselves faithful to you, loving you first and loving others as well. Oh, God, we cry out for this. We need wisdom. We need courage. We need discernment. We need understanding. We pray for this. I want to pray today for Alistair Begg, Father, such a godly man with such a wonderful ministry. And I pray, Lord, that you would give him great wisdom and understanding. And Lord, I I believe he's given wrong advice here, and it's damaging to his reputation. I ask you to help him, Lord, to think this through and to gain new insight and to be able to repair his reputation. And I pray for Christian leaders all over our country to know how to give good counsel here. This is so easy to be misunderstood. Help us, Lord, to give good, wise counsel. And we pray, Father, for this in Jesus' holy name, and we ask it, amen. Well, hey, welcome. I went a little long today. 
And uh, we normally here, we come here every day and get in the Word of God. We've been going through the book of Philippians. Monday through Friday, we usually try and go on a series. We're going through the book of Philippians right now. Saturday and Sunday, I usually uh, ad-lib a little bit more and talk about things that are maybe going on in our culture or things that are going on in the church. So if you're new, I'm glad you're with us. I hope you'll come join us regularly. We need to be in the Word of God, strong and gaining wisdom, discernment from it. That's why we come here every single day, live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time here on YouTube. But you can watch later in the day, or you can even listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform, which I post here just in a few minutes, and you can listen to it later. I'm so glad to have you along. If you're new, I hope you do subscribe to our channel, share with your friends. All of us, like the video on the way out. Leave comments in the discussion below. I'd like to know what you say about this, and I will respond to your comments uh, if I'm able. God bless you. I love you, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.